Hi, I'm Felicia, and you're listening to episode 150 of Five Song Set. In the last show, we heard five songs by female big band leaders. In this episode, we're going to hear five African-American band leaders. Unlike with the ladies, these are some of the top names in big bands like Duke Ellington and Count Basie. I hope you enjoy them. We're going to start off with Harlem Mania by Duke Ellington and his orchestra from 1929. Now, if you spent any time with swing music, you've probably noticed a lot of references to Harlem. I didn't really know exactly why Harlem was important to swing, though, so I looked it up. The best information I could find is in a book called Jazz by Ronald Langford Jr. I'm going to put a link to the book in the show notes. The really, really short version is that the Harlem Renaissance was going on, which showcased the artistic achievements of African Americans. Of course, there were problems, which you can read about in the book excerpt. However, what it all means is that Harlem was instrumental in the evolution of jazz. As for Ellington, he rose to fame during this period. However, not surprisingly, his relationship with music started early. The Wikipedia article on him gives a whole bunch of interesting history. So if you'd like to know more, I suggest checking it out. Here is Harlem Mania by Duke Ellington and his orchestra. Thank you. 
lovable, huggable Emily Brown. Miss Brown, you. What if the rain comes pattering down? My heaven is blue. Tennessee sending me Emily Brown. Miss Brown, you. I know her eyes are brilliant. But go slow. Oh, oh. Wait and you'll see the lovable little Miss Brown is baby to me. Yes, Was Miss Brown to You by Teddy Wilson and his orchestra with Billie Holiday from 1937. Unlike a lot of the older songs I play, I've heard this one before. I think it was on a mixtape that a friend gave me when I was in high school, I think. Anyway, I was really surprised and pleased to find it again and to find out who was playing on the song. Interestingly enough, another of my favorite songs, These Foolish Things, was played by Teddy Wilson and Billie Holiday as well. However, that song was labeled as being by Cab Calloway, so it wasn't until I tried finding out when it was recorded that I discovered that it wasn't by Cab Calloway at all. So who was Teddy Wilson? Wilson was a jazz pianist. In one of the articles I read about the Harlem Renaissance, it was written that the respectable piano helped bridge the gap between the more refined African Americans of the Harlem Renaissance and the poorer world of jazz musicians. Anyway, one of the articles I have in the show notes about Wilson says, He has been called the Jackie Robinson of jazz, and despite the anachronism, this is no exaggeration. Eleven years before Robinson integrated Major League Baseball, Wilson joined Benny Goodman and Gene Krupa to form the Benny Goodman Trio, the first racially mixed, high-profile musical group to make publicized live appearances before paying audiences in the United States. Wilson was almost ideally suited in both his impeccable musicianship and his temperament to bear up under the pressure of this role. In fact, his piano playing precisely matched his personality. Understated, self-assured, cool, controlled, and elegant. Archive.org has a bunch of songs by Teddy Wilson and Billie Holiday, so if you'd like to hear more, check out the show notes. Up next, we have G.T. Stomp by Earl Hines and his orchestra from 1939. There is an absolutely awesome story tied to this. 
I'm just going to give you a tiny bit, but there's an article that I'm putting in the show notes with all the details. I totally recommend reading it since it's so interesting. So here's the summary. Heinz and his orchestra worked in Chicago at the Grand Terrace, which is what I assume the GT in the song title stands for. They worked hard, too. Three shows a night and four shows on Saturdays and sometimes Sundays, according to the article from the blog Swing and Beyond. Now, it turns out that Al Capone owned the Grand Terrace, and here's some more information from that article. Talking about those days, Heinz later said, Al Capone came in there one night and called the whole band and show together and said, Now we want to let you know our position. We want you people just to attend to your business. We'll give you all the protection in the world, but we want you to be like the three monkeys. You hear nothing, you see nothing, you say nothing. And that's what we did. I used to hear many of the things that they were going to do, but I never did tell anybody. Sometimes the police used to come in looking for a fall guy and say, Earl, what were they talking about? But I said, I don't know. No, you're not going to pin that on me. Because they had a habit of putting the pictures of different people that would bring information in the newspaper. And the next day you'd find them out there in the lake somewhere, swimming around with some chains attached to their feet, if you know what I mean. Check out the article for more. Here is G.T. Stomp by Earl Hines and his orchestra. Thank you. 
We just heard Basie Boogie by Count Basie and his orchestra from 1941. Count Basie managed to lead his group for almost 50 years. That's pretty amazing in and of itself. Instead of trying to figure out how to encapsulate his whole life, which was pretty long, into just a few paragraphs, I'm going to put some links in the show notes. One of them is to a video of Oscar Peterson and Count Basie playing pianos and talking. The video is about 45 minutes long, but I'm linking to a funny little anecdote for those who don't want to watch the whole thing. The other interesting thing I found while looking for anecdotes was that the rhythm guitarist, Freddie Green, was with Basie from 1937 until Basie died in 1984. Apparently in the late 70s, Basie said, Freddie Green has been my right arm for 30 years, and if he leaves the band one day, I'll probably leave with him. In fact, Green died only a few months after Basie did. Now, before we go, Five Song Set is recorded under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, so you can share it but not sell it or change it. The show notes, which you can find on the Five Song Set website, contain links to all the bands and songs in this podcast, as well as lots of additional information. I'd like to thank Alexander Fratersky for the theme music. If you would like to let me know what you think about the podcast, drop me an email at fivesongset at gmail.com or comment on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast by following the instructions on the website or by going to the iTunes store. Last up, we have Let It Roll by Lucky Melinda and his orchestra from 1947. About Melinda, Wikipedia says, Although he could not read or write music, did not play an instrument, and rarely sang, his showmanship and musical taste made his band successful. That idea is echoed in a great article about him that I'm also putting in the show notes. It's an interview with drummer Ed Shaughnessy, who played with Melinda. In addition to talking about Melinda's skill, Shaughnessy talks a little about the racial situation. He was white, and Melinda and his orchestra weren't. Shaughnessy says, The thing I found interesting was that, since prejudice was certainly rampant during that period, the bands couldn't stay at really good hotels, right? So they got something going that beats staying at hotels. At that time, for one or two dollars, you could have a room in some lovely older lady's house where you know you could eat off the floor the place was so clean, and the bedding and the sheets were just immaculate. And for another dollar, you could have a great supper in her kitchen at night. And I said to the guys after a few nights of this, this beats the hell out of any place I stayed with a white band. Because I was not making that much money with other bands, you stayed at sort of Motel 6 type places. So I learned a good lesson, that is, that the black musicians circumvented a bad racial situation with actual better lifestyle. And I thought that it was most interesting, but I'll be honest with you, I've never seen anyone write about it. The article points out it could have been very awkward, perhaps dangerous, for a white drummer to be in an otherwise all-black band. Shaughnessy says, Well, the thing is, I stayed in the black section of town. I didn't cross over and try to wander around in the other sections, just because I thought it was cooler. Because people accepted you if you were one of the band. You were one of the people, you know? If we were traveling by bus, I kind of sat in the back, it sounds funny to say, and slumped down and usually kept a cap over my face. Because we'd heard some sheriffs and some police that if they saw a white guy with a black band, sometimes they would abuse them, take them off and abuse them. That never happened to me, but I did take the word of the older guys and kept a low profile while we were traveling. I'm not trying to over-dramatize this because I didn't have any bad experiences, but they told me you could, so be cool. So I, of course, listened to every, everything they told me. You can read more of the article via the show notes. Here is Let It Roll by Lucky Melinda and his orchestra.
Until next time, this is Felicia, signing off from St. Petersburg in Russia. Five, 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 five.